We know how about the people? About. How about the people who decided that Brock Purdy didn't have an arm and and was a, and was Captain Checkdown? I mean, <laughs> if, Brock, if Brock Purdy's anything, we wish he was a little bit more of Captain Checkdown. Right. He's a riverboat gambler. He's Brett Favre. Yeah. Tell me, you might spend more time in the home insurance policy than you do covering sports. If that's your, you know, uh, entire talking point. He only throws underneath the sticks. No, he doesn't. He doesn't go downfield. Says what? Show me this. Show me the data. It's and then and then it's like, hey, look, people, don't judge a book by its cover. You're doing that exact same thing. You're basically looking at this guy, going, hmm, he's not six four. He's not two forty. He must not drive it down the field. Instead of actually, I don't know, rolling back the ISU tape and watching a few games if you love football so damn much that you're gonna have a youtube channel maybe i don't know watch a game there you go take in a game why not yeah you know it's uh it, it's again when you said he's he's gonna he's gonna this guy's gonna do nothing more than check it down or or i love this one when you I, don't know what I think the guy's about. the guy. I just don't think he's the guy long term. Right. <laughs> what does that even mean? So yeah. you don't. So you're winning in the present, but but like you don't really believe that you think it's like lucky, but you don't want to say it's lucky because you know that sounds stupid. So then it's like, I think it's lucky. So I'll just say, I think he's the guy, but I don't think he's the guy long term. It's like, hmm, I, you know, I mean, it's like you. you Go get some wine and put it in a sifter. I, I drink no wine before it's time. You know when you yeah right. Well, look, stop, when, stop. When you, when you don't know what you're really talking about, complaining is effortless, and it, it it allows you to fill time. And you know, I I know we want to keep politics and sports in two separate separate places, but sports have always been a microcosm of society. And if you ask me what is like the biggest problem society faces right now it's that only the most extreme positions get the attention politically that's true only the most extreme positions get the attention anyone trying to be reasonable walking down the middle of the street is ignored for the two lunatics shouting on either side of the street as far away from each other as you can get that is kind of true and it's very much like that in sports it's very much like that in sports. You can't come on and do well in ratings, I guess, if you want to have a reasoned adult conversation about what's actually happening. But if you have something that sounds like, Brock Purdy sucks and Kyle Shanahan can't coach. Oh, well, I guess we'll pay attention to that guy for a minute. I don't I know I will why. say this, though. I will say this. And I don't know if you caught any of the... Did you catch any of Toledo in the bowl game? No, no, I, I did not catch much Toledo. Was that the uh, was was that the Barstool Bowl? It was the Barstool Bowl. Okay, and I bring it up, Damon, because I watched it with my fourteen year old, and they had like one announcer, and then they had this guy Big Cat. Yeah, they had Big Cat and Portnoy in there, right? And Portnoy was on there, and in some ways, it was great. In some ways, it was better than a regular college football. It was uh, Wyoming, Toledo. Wyoming won 
16, 15 on the, 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 that the coach that's been there forever role. I think I forget the guy's name is, um, for Wyoming, uh, one on a last second field goal to end his career at age 60. And it was, a, it was, a, it was actually a very entertaining game to walk uh, off into the sunset as a winner. Yeah. And, and, and believe me, it was a fun game to watch too. It seriously was, it was a fun game to watch. Um, Toledo has a ridiculous return guy named Jacques Stewart who's gotten had an 80 yard run. The guy was just awesome. I mean, it's just like, you got to see this guy, Jacques Stewart. All right. But just, you were saying something about the bowl and anyway, the broadcast. Is that where the you're broadcast going? is incredible. Was incredible. It's from, it's like, I could see that being kind of almost like it was the Arizona bowl, the barstool sports, Arizona bowl. And I could see that being kind of like, you know, an, a, a, an alternative way to broadcast football. Like, it's a college game, but they these guys were they, one guy was kind of calling the game. The other guys were just kind of chit chatting and just kind of talking trash. And you know, they were rooting. Oh, Toledo had a tip pass that went to a, a offensive lineman. He ran it in for a touchdown. They're like, "Hey, a fat guy touchdown!" And they're right. You know, it was all irreverent, and there was storytelling, and it it wasn't your typical broadcast. But like my 14 year old dug it. They were one of those guys, I guess, is kind of a comedian. And it was it was entertaining. And it's like I'm sitting there watching that. And I'm thinking, you know what? This might be the future of of college football, you know, play by play in some ways is that, you know, not so buttoned down. And, you know, that's Harrison Whaley. He was a soft redshirt sophomore out of Tucson. And now it's a little bit more like, look at that fat guy that just scored. And, you know. And let's interview some fans and let's tell stories and let's let's talk over each other and let's, you know, well, just have it be have like have it be like a barroom type discussion. Um, it was really I mean, I don't know if anybody else caught that, but it was really interesting considering it was it stood out among among all the different broadcasts that I've heard during this bowl season. And it was fun. It was a fun cool atmosphere i liked it i i, 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 I enjoyed it. it a lot and i'm you know me i'm hardcore football but you know what i love it i mean it's all about right. sitting back with your buddies having some fun and chat chatting it up i think guys like you and i could do great stuff you know if we're just on like opposite the game while the game's going on and just kind of chit chatting about hey you know just what we're watching without being super yeah. You know, nobody's the true play-by-play guy. Nobody's the true color analyst. It's just kind of dudes. I, I don't want that dudes. in my Rose Bowl. I don't want that in a Sugar Bowl. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want that in the Super Bowl. But in right. the nobody's watching this Toledo, Wyoming, who gives a fuck bowl. Fine. Right. Fine. Or That's like an NFL preseason good. game would be kind of cool. You know, if you're just kind of. Sure chopping it up you know you're just well remember they it tried was interesting it was head. i don't know if anybody caught it but it was if you saw it and you're in the chat i'd love to hear what you thought of the barstool broadcast of toledo wyoming because Larry, do you remember on monday night football when they brought dennis miller in i mean yeah dennis i mean miller it, and Tony people Kornheiser went were the people, first like let's try to do that i mean people lost their mind with that and they wanted something a little bit more but like it's kind of a kind of a cross between play-by-play in the Manning cast. The Manning cast is like literally just guys hosting a talk show with the game in the background. Right. Who happen to be Hall of Fame quarterbacks and brothers. Right. This was more like kind of play-by-play, but 
with guys just kind of just guys kind of chopping it up in a bar and it was cool. I really enjoyed it. I, I, I sat there and at the end of it, I was like, you know what? I liked it. I liked it. Now I'm a somewhat of a bar stool fan. I'll buy some of their t-shirts and I'll listen to some of their podcasts and I, I kind of enjoy it. So, um, and I don't need the super button down. Let's make every sophomore in high school sound important, um, broadcast, but, um, I don't know. I'd be interested. I know you're kind of a fan of the medium of broadcast. I'd be interested to see if you saw, you know, catch 20 minutes of it on YouTube. Tell me what you think. I will. I, I got to go back and, and, you know, rewatch the highlight package. The, the most amount of the, my biggest takeaway from bowl season so far is the pop tart bowl. Like I I've just been, I've, I've been a little bit sick. I've been a little bit uh, surrounded by screaming kids and my mom and my wife. Like I, 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 today is the first day that I'm really going to sit in front of the TV and watch some college football here in bowl season. It's the first time I'm going to really get a chance to do that. Today um, is a great day for bowls, by the way. Yeah. Um, Wisconsin LSU is already underway and Wisconsin's up seven, nothing on LSU. LSU is a big favorite there, but I love Tennessee today against Iowa. Iowa cannot score to save their life. No, Tennessee's <laughs> Tennessee's only a five point favorite there. I like Bama against Michigan. I don't think you can give Nick Saban the kind of, this kind of time. Alabama's playing the best football, I think, in the country right now. Michigan's well, Jim Harbaugh a needs favorite. to slice a humble pie. He really does. And I like I like UW tonight, man. I really do. I really do. I like uh, the Huskies to knock off the Longhorns. I know there's a lot of people that believe that Texas is, um, you know, is going to win that game. But I, I like I like the Huskies and Penix. Texas is four point favorites in that one, but I don't. I think that game's going to be a freaking shootout. Um, it, it, look, it would be great if we got, <coughs> excuse me. Could you imagine Larry? Uh, I mean, I just cannot stop coughing. It's been a fucking month. Um, <laughs> maybe, uh, you got, maybe you got the, uh, maybe you got the, uh, you know, the COVID. Have you thought no, about that? No, no, we believe me. We test, we try these things all the time. I got the spill. Right. It's just, it's, this is the new world we live in. Like you get sick, you're sick for a month these days. It's, it's a wonderful life. I mean, my, my, my kids' nicknames might as well be Petri and Dish. They bring home. Oh, I know. Germs. Kids are germs. They touch everything. They put their hands in their mouth. Uh, it's, Mary, it's we were at the combo. We, we were at the Exploratorium, which if you know, you got a, a four-year-old kid, go to the Exploratorium. It's Exploratorium phenomenal. is awesome. Hands on everything. And I'm just thinking we are getting, we're, we're going to get, we're going <laughs> to. We are getting sick after this exploratorium experience. We have touched yeah. everything. There's a million people in here touching oh, it. You got little kids wiping their nose and touching the same dial that you're about to go touch all over. I mean, oh, man. But anyway. It's a gigantic uh, germ fest. I'll tell yeah. you, it's another good one right now is the um, the uh, one in Golden Gate Park. The uh, Academy of Sciences. Academy of Sciences with the with the butterfly, um, oh, yeah. butterfly, whatever the hell like they're calling that thing. I mean, these butterflies are flying all around you and stuff. It's, it's pretty pretty wild we spent my, my four-year-old literally he gets out of the tub stark naked wet and dripping and he takes the towel that's supposed to be drying him off he opens it up like he's a vampire and he goes running around the house going i'm a butterfly i'm a butterfly <laughs> and you know what do you do as a father you're like well hopefully this is gonna pass he's only four you yeah, know yeah. If, if if he's a 30 year old man running around naked in san francisco screaming i'm a butterfly it started back in 2023 yeah. 
we knew it then. We knew it then. We know it now. But it's, you know, it's it's just, it's something else. Um, look, welcome to uh, I'm a Butterfly with Damon and Larry. It's great to have you here this morning. Hit like and subscribe if you too are a, a, a naked, wet butterfly. It's great to be amongst ourselves here. Um, hit like and subscribe. Uh, memberships available if you want to support what Larry and I are doing. I know both of our channels are offering memberships. It means an awful lot that you would come out and support us. But again, if you don't want to make any sort of, you know, financial commitment or anything like that that's cool just a like and a subscribe those are both free and easy to do even the subscribe might be a bridge too far how about just a you know a like make that algorithm favor us uh and, and thank you very much for the incredible support not just today but really all season leading up to this and and Larry and I are going to be doing Monday and Friday shows for the rest of the year um I think even beyond football season, we got a little something here. There's an absolute demand for it. And there's certainly a need for it as we've watched the quality of sports talk radio, just evaporate in Northern California. Are so, you saying that they don't have 1200 people in the room right now over at the radio station? Probably not. Now, does that include, does that include mine? Because I got about 300 sitting over here. So we got 1500 people in the room and that's probably dwarfing the combined audiences of both stations. And this is what happens when you can't afford real talent and they've got an option to go beat you just by plugging a MacBook Pro in. So that's that's who we are. That's who we are. And then you give you give Larry the sports sauna, it's over. That's right. You give Larry the sports sauna and a, and a neon light, look out, everybody. Look at that. Kev got me that for Christmas. I'm loving that. The new Great. studio. So, so neon signs come in two flavors. That looks good or that looks tacky. That looks good. That's a really good looking neon sign. Kevin dropped some coin on that bad boy. Yeah. I mean, it's the logo for the shirt, but yeah, I mean, that's that, you know, and, and, uh, you know, it's, I appreciate him. I appreciate him. He's down in San Diego partying with his, uh, his girlfriend and enjoying the new year and going to a concert down there. Um, so well, awesome. So Kevin, just as this is the, this is the young man you've raised Larry. Cause he has been, you know, provide he, he slices and dices up, wake up with Damon and Larry and sends it to both of us. And Larry and I post, you know, the, the highlights of this show on our channels throughout the week, Kevin texted me and he's like, Hey man, I'm going to be like, I'm, I'm partying with my girlfriend. It's new year's Eve. It's new year's day. So I might not, you know, like you'll, you'll get more stuff on Tuesday or Wednesday this week. I wrote him back. I said, young man, go nuts. Have a great new year's Eve. You've been working so hard for us all year long. Oh, he's, uh, a, he's driven too. He's driven. Like he's, he's saying to me now, dad, what is the plan uh, for January 1st? I'm like, what is the plan? I'm going to sit around, drink beer, watch college football. And, you know, uh, you know, I don't, I, that's the plan. I'm going to stream with Damon in the morning. Other than that, I'm going to sit around and watch college football. And I'm, I'm making my famous crab cakes tonight. I, I, may, I was going to make them last night, but I decided I would hold off and make them today. The crab cakes will get made today. You know what a pound of crab costs, by the way, in, in Northern California at Lenardi's right now? So they have yet to, I believe, officially drop the green flag on Dungeness crab season. So um, if look at it this way. If it was $25 a pound then, it's at least $35 a pound now, maybe, I'm guessing. Five bones a pound. 50. 
$50 a pound. $50 a pound for crab. $50 a pound. But you know what? It's New Year's Day, and I got the crab cake recipe. And, you know, so I'm going to extend for $50. (laughs) We got this one here. Mike J says Larry loves crab cakes. Uh, Yes, I do. I mean, Larry loves crab cakes, and Larry loves Casino Kruger Feller. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oyster Kruger Feller. Oyster Rockefeller. Oyster Rockefeller, which became the Oyster Kruger Feller down in Sam's Chowder House back in the. uh, We're desperate to sell this post game show to anyone. We'll have these guys drive to Half Moon Bay to do it. We didn't even care. That's how good the food was. Seriously. seriously, I I mean, I'm I'm driving to Half Moon Bay to do a 49er post game show, and I couldn't care less because you know what? The, the 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 restaurant was so damn good. Right, the there's food a lot was so amazing. The end of that broadcast, the uh, Damon and I would dine after after the shows there at uh, at Sam's Chowderhouse, and uh, oh yeah, I mean oysters Rockefeller with the butter, the garlic, the spinach, the breadcrumbs, breadcrumbs, oh, the so oils. The I mean, it's just freaking amazing. Uh, I could probably dust off ten to twelve. Oyster oh, Rockefellers, if I had to, easy, easy. I take down twelve. Tw- Here's the thing: I how many like- Oyster Rockefellers could we take down? Should we have a contest? Should we just? How about the- I don't know. You know, it's one of those things that if you get one bad oyster, you know, you've got like intestines cramps for like right. days. So you don't want to overdo it. It's every oyster is kind of a risk. Um, but feats of strengths and tests of courage. Oyster eating contest. I mean, and Sam's is a premier place. And I mean, it's very, very rare that you get a bad oyster at Sam's. But man, it's not the kind of thing that you want to be eating in mass. It's like it's roll, it's really rolling the dice. But (laughs) I would say easily I could polish off. I think they came six to a order, and I think I would order maybe two orders. We'd get two up there. We'd get two up, and I'd have three, and you'd eat you'd eat nine. (laughs) Yeah. just but I, amazing, I had, an amazing uh, oysters Rockefeller. Yeah, I would order the lobster roll with extra lobster on the side, and they would bring oh. it. It was ridiculous. Uh, and the lobster roll was just ridiculously fat, too, that you ordered. I mean, it was just heaving with lobster, just tons of lobster. It wasn't lobster tail, but no. it's lobster. Uh, lobster tail way, is is the richest food I think I've ever eaten in my, in my entire life. Oh, yeah. Did you know it used to be a peasant food? Like the lobster was not anything but like poor people ate lobster. It was the, 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 the shellfish they would throw the poor people back in the day. And then someone wealthy finally ate it and was like, what are we doing? Giving this away for free. What are we like? Well, this is a delicacy. What are we doing? What the um, heck? I'm, amendment, I'm amendment time for an amendment. Who is the first person to look at a lobster and go, I'm going to try to eat that thing. <laughs> whoever that person was what a bold choice you made and thank god you made it by the way talking about you know crab cakes and your specialty and the 50 dollars a pound one of the funniest guys i have in in my community true blue forever who's in here chatting with everyone today says larry you're shopping in the wrong place you can get tenderloin crabs for about 10 bucks (laughs) uh 
Okay, so on that note, yes. I think it's time to go to uh, some comments, Larry. What do you What do you got? What, what, All right, what, we got a bunch here. We got a bunch. We got fifteen or so super chats. So focus back in. Here. Give us our tight shot again. I love I love seeing your sign, but all right, all right. Let, let's there let's get go. all yeah. Ooh, there's a lot of Damon and Larry all of a sudden. There's <laughs> what's that? Bit? Is that a Willie Mays bobble? What is that bobble in the back there? Off your no other side. Oh, okay. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it's a Willie Mays bobblehead. Willie Mays bobblehead. Battle of the Bla- uh, Battle of the Bay snow globe. Um, uh, Dios de la Morte head up against Draymond Green's bobblehead, who's just out of camera shot right there. We got a Clay Thompson bobblehead. We got the the sponsored by JJ Raider Ganja Jar, who at Plus Mania Two gave me about a pound and a half of weed just because he likes the show very much. That's the ultimate super chat right there. So the Ganja Jar became the official JJ Raider Ganja Jar. So Can you see into the today. Ganja Jar or no? Well, I got to be honest with you. With two kids around here, the Ganja Jar is a touch performative. We keep it in a, in a in, you know, you, you don't leave your gun and your bullets around the kids, Larry. So I, the Ganja is somewhere else. Good to know. Good to know. It's false advertising is what it is. All right. Alien D. Gin. Doesn't say it says alien, right? Not Alan. Uh, I think it's he says, alien, yes. Why don't the Niners run run more out routes? Um it says um C S likely to result in an interception if the ball is heading out of bounds versus the middle of the field. Oh, it's C it's less likely. Less seems likely. less likely. I think seems it's seems less likely. Yeah. Look at that. Uh, again, that's a you know I <laughs> I, I don't know why they don't run more out routes, but what you have are uh, two wide receivers and a tight end going over a thousand yards from scrimmage. What they're doing, that is a, you know, that's a I'm nitpicking question. If there ever was one, uh, you know, why, why don't they run more out routes? I, I, I don't know. Ask Kyle Shanahan, but uh, well, they, might... they're running seem to be working very well. Yeah. And they do run some out routes, but um, Jennings is their best out route runner, right? He's the guy who's, who uh, seems like you know he's made some big catches on out routes? Ayuk uh, and Debo, those guys like to run across the middle, and they run fearlessly across the middle. Rakeeb Jamani says, "Great show, gentlemen, Larry. I love the new studio. Thank you, Rakeeb. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to everybody. By the way, January first, twenty twenty four. How about that? Uh, the Shaw in the house drops this. He says, "I wanted to start this year right." With a super chat. Thank you very much, Shaw. Very cool. In fact, you know what I you know what I caught yesterday for the first time? There is a new thing in YouTube where people can donate on on our to our videos or live streams, like in the comments after the show. Yes. Somebody yesterday dropped a fifty spot on me uh from uh, a stream that I did yesterday. It's amazing. Out of nowhere. Just wasn't even wasn't even in the stream. Just like, hey, uh, I'm watching this. I appreciate you. Boom. Here. Can't another area where uh, YouTube's better than radio. Nobody ever gave us anything on radio. Uh, Jason Lutz said biggest player surprises this year. Biggest flop. Hmm. You talking Niners? I would say Niners. Yeah, I would say. Um. Biggest, biggest uh, surprises, biggest flop. Well, 
I would it's, say biggest. Hmm. It's, it's, it's you got to think about it for a minute, and and to say flop, it sounds like you're talking about someone as if they're a failure or they're a disappointment. I mean, maybe Isaiah Oliver is the guy who fits the the flop question. Um, Don't say that to Steve Wilkes, man. Steve Wilkes would fight you over that. I mean, maybe it's he loves the guy. How about this again? Hard thing to put on a guy who I like very much. Talanoa Hufanga was not having a great sophomore year before he got injured M maybe he would would fit that definition I can't go flop yeah him. no but that's the thing it's it's I, I i don't like the word but i'm trying to figure out who was the guy who you had the high who did not meet your expectation i guess is a better way to say it than flop because i flop, would say and this is a tough one for me because i love this guy it's like my favorite niner um and I love talking to him. I was just talking to him the other day, and I really do believe in him. But um, and if I saw him, I would tell him. And when I do see him, I do tell him. I'm like, hey man, I believe in you, brother. Uh the thing there's gonna be better days. But Drake Jackson, Drake Jackson, you know, yeah, but been again, on the IR since week 10. He had that one, he had the big week one, then he kind of wasn't to be heard from after that. Yeah. I would say that Drake Jackson to me has been somewhat of a disappointment again both the guys that i think we brought up have been you know on ir too so maybe that explains the the disappointment of of their season not really turning around because they weren't out there to to actually have the chance to turn it around i would say maybe um you know, may, maybe ray ray mcleod just who's done really nothing for for the Niners beyond an incredible downfield block earlier in the year like Ray Ray had a great downfield block and I remember us talking about his football IQ and I do think he's got a big football IQ but he hasn't made many big plays and he's been a disappointment in the return game and then he's been hurt so maybe that's it it's hard to say any rookie is a flop so I'm gonna leave Ronnie Bell out of the conversation because he didn't well, he has, he's, he's a really good young player I mean yeah and the seventh round pick yeah, he's he's not bad. Um, in terms of biggest surprise, I'm gonna go. I get two that would that are my biggest surprise. Can I give you my one that I think it fits? No, no. Yes, you can. <laughs> Colton McKivitz. He's been a positive surprise. Absolutely, he was supposed to be the reason why it wasn't gonna. You know, oh, not, not as good as McGlinchey. That is a regression. It's not even a lateral move. He is more than well appointed for his entire year over there at right tackle. I, I think he's done a good job. Has he been great? Is he going to the pro bowl? No. And no, but he's been good. Yeah. So, no, I like uh, that. I like that one. I would go with um, kind of the same vein, you know, guys who were young veterans that people had been like, ah, they're not going to be any good. And they were pretty good. Colton would definitely be the guy on offense on defense. I'm going to go Javon Kinlaw and Ambry Thomas. I think a lot of people thought that both those guys were just like non-factors and, and that Javon wasn't going to be on the team. Ambry was a bust, blah, 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 blah. And now you look up and you're like, Javon's had a decent year and is probably going to get a decent contract. And Ambry um, has been, I think, the, the key to the turnaround. I mean, they took Oliver off the field. They put Ambry on the field. They moved Lenore inside. Their coverage got tighter. I would say Kinlaw and Ambry Thomas on defense for sure and McKivitz on offense. Yeah, and I think that 
I mean, Ambry Thomas might be another year away from being, you know, really, you know, Pro Bowl caliber level corner. I mean, he has learned an awful lot. He's made a big leap from the first time we've seen him to the player he is now. If he continues to take that step forward, sky's the limit for him. He's a he's a real player, and he's got the right body for it. So, uh, and I'll go one more on D de- on defense. I said the disappointing guy was Drake because I was expecting you know really good things after week one. On offense, it's definitely Cam Latou. Cam Latou couldn't catch a cold this summer. He's got decent athleticism and size and and potential. But, I mean, if you're just looking at where they drafted him and who was on the board and what he's done so far and how he's looked, I would say Cam Latou, unless he's a world beater in year two. I mean, he had, he's had a very, very disappointing first year in the NFL. Now, look, the discerning fan is watching us right now, but I even wonder what percentage of people watching us right now even know who he is. Yeah, no, I know. You'd have to have seen him in camp, right? So there you go. Jason Lutz, though, thank you for that one. Uh, We got this one from Sherpagny. Larry thinks cutting Trey Lance was a no-brainer. Well, no. at one point it did become that, right? I didn't, cutting and, Trey Lance was a no-brainer. They, they I, I wouldn't have cut him. They didn't they cut, cut him. him. They traded him. And it is um, the smart financial planner who cuts losses when they see no more room for growth or development. Like the, the best time to say goodbye to a bad investment is today. No matter how much it hurts, the best time to move on from the wrong choice is today. The worst time would be tomorrow. The even worse time than that would be a week from now. Like when you know you got a tough decision to make, you just got to make it sometimes. And the Niners had a very, very tough choice to make there. Well, I well, mean, it really wasn't that tough of a no, choice. Well, it's not that you're not paying your third string quarterback $9 million. He was their third string quarterback. They had a third. The going rate for a third string quarterback is $1 million. So when they signed Brandon Allen to a $1 million a year contract, that should have been an indication that he was going to be the third string quarterback. They were never going to have a $9 million third string quarterback. So once Trey became the third string quarterback in their eyes, he was leaving. And that's what happened. Um, I like Trey Lance and I think Trey Lance is still going to be a player someday. And I've said that over and over again, 69 says, Larry, I won my fantasy league. Look at you. Get a golf clap on that. Look at you. Jillian was in. I've never won the fantasy game. league. Jillian was in her title game, but got smoked yesterday because she was going against James Conner. So, um, I've only won the league one time. I've been playing a long time. The Dark Willow says, imagine Purdy's stats if we didn't blow teams out. Yeah. Imagine what Brock Purdy's stats would have looked like if he wasn't 32nd in the NFL in fourth quarter pass attempts. How about that? Think about that one. Sean O'Leary dropping a 20. Look at Sean O'Leary. Ka-ching. Thank you, Sean. Sean O'Leary, go do your, you know, happy new year to your bad self. He says, I like Shanahan's bounce back game plan. More balanced run pass mix. Went back to the Jimmy G playbook in the first half to get Brock some easy completions and confidence, then took his shots deep in the second half. And you also, I know I agree. Was, I agree. 
I know it was an unmemorable opening drive because they settled with a field goal. And by the way, they're 69 points scored on opening possessions, number one in the NFL this year. Um, and you won't remember Sunday's opening possession because, again, it, it, it stalled with a field goal. But I really liked that opening drive, Larry. And you saw in a in a hey we we just got to win like it's a, it's a business trip out here i don't care how we get it done today but we got to get it done today um lots of touches from McCaffrey right off the rip just yeah, no so throwing, just no is, throwing around this here here's who we are this is our best player we're feeding him and then on the very next drive that's when they started feeding debo get him his touches and it's Sh- shanahan was in we ain't fucking around mode right from the jump and that's good well, and it was it was very very high percentage passes um, and and runs. This is what the drive was: CMC runs nine yards, CMC runs two yards, CMC on first and ten runs one yard, second and nine Purdy to Ayuk for six yards on a pass, third and three Purdy scrambled for the first down um, from the forty four to the forty seven, first and ten Purdy to Kittle short for seven yards. Second and three, uh, CMC runs for six yards. First and 10, Purdy to Husecheck, incomplete penalty on Washington for Castro Fields. Um, and then uh, first and 10 from the 29, Purdy to CMC for 10 yards. First and 10 from the 19, CMC four-yard run. Second and six from the 15, Purdy to CMC on the screen pass that was minus five. Right. That was a negative five yards. Third and 11, Purdy threw incomplete. Fourth and 11, here comes Jake Moody. Purdy goes, um, you know, 12-play drive, 55 yards, 6 minutes, 54 seconds. Moody, by the way, goes uh, 14 for 14 on field goals inside of 40 with that one. 38 yards, 3 nothing Niners. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, it was a conservative uh, game plan early. It was a low-risk game plan. But you know what? Think of it this way. The Niners under Shanahan going forward, Damon. And I really think that this was a great example. This is what they, this should be their recipe at the beginning of games. Come out super conservative, but move the ball down the field. Right. If you can move the ball down the field conservatively, then you get a multiple score lead. Now you can pressure the quarterback, take chances, I love the way the Niners look when they've got a team backed up inside their five or they look when they've got a 10 to 12 point lead. It's like the defense is swarming the DBs Greenlaw and Warner firing up with all kinds of physicality. The DBs are looming, selling out for picks. They get hyper aggressive and they get really, really, um, you know, they get overpowering feeling. Uh, defensively when they when they have a lead. So to get that lead by being as conservative as you possibly can, don't turn it over, and then start taking risks when you have a little bit of a lead to play with. I think that's their recipe going forward. I think if they had done that against Baltimore and gotten a lead and you know that kind of thing and 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 kept the ball out of the air, um, I think eventually Baltimore is like going to be a hard team. Their Baltimore is going to struggle if they don't lead. They're a bully team, right? They're a front runner as well. The Niners yeah. are a front runner. The Niners are a front runner, but it's so that's why that first quarter 
play calling and what you call and how you call the game and how much risk you take is huge for the Niners. So after that first drive stalls with the field goal, the second drive, it's more CMC right off the rip. And then you get Debo, his very first touch of the day on the successful run around the left side. End around, 10-yard end around. You got third which and Which I want to see like four times a game if I could. You got third and long at the Washington 45. And Purdy finds Ayuk for a big game. That was a 17-yarder that moved the chains. You which was an incredible, sorry to interrupt, but that was an incredible play by CMC because he picked up the blitz. Washington brought the blitz on third and nine. CMC stonewalled the blitzer in the hole, and Purdy delivered a strike to Ayuk in his favorite window, and that was an outside pass. Another first down after that. Then Debo makes a catch, uh, his first catch on his first target of the game. So now your goal to go, you get McCaffrey getting gobbled up by Jonathan Allen on first down. On second down was that pop pass to Debo, and that was, you know, one of the easiest touchdowns of the season. I mean, Debo jogged that thing to the corner, and it's 10 nothing Niners after the second. Um, and Purdy's 8 of 9 at that point. Yeah, 8 of 9 for 57 yards and just starting to really, really get comfortable in a game. And and uh, and we all know how dangerous he is when he's comfortable in a football game. And I thought he did a great do- a, a great job avoiding the up-the-middle pressure that, that Washington um, – absolutely put on him throughout the day again it was you know, we know the weakness of that Niners offensive line Washington tried to exploit it but they didn't really get away with exploiting it um and you know who felt like he was more involved than he normally is in the passing offense was Kyle Juszczyk yesterday Kyle Juszczyk was targeted I think a couple of times and and he had that one ball that went off of his tipped fingers uh, that would have been in a spectacular catch. It would have been one of his all-time highlight reel catches had he made it. But that play was um, it, it, like it didn't matter because the Niners had a, or, or you know, Washington had a defensive holding, so it moved the chains anyways. Even though Uzcheck didn't catch it, but it, it was good to see Uzcheck really involved. I think that he's a weapon that they need to involve more. Yeah, no, he and he's very sure-handed. He's very sure-handed. Uh, Ray's Ray's vibe throws a dollar in there. Thank you, Ray's vibe. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, Harold McAllister says, happy new year, fellas. What will be, what will the buy help the most for the 49ers? I hope missed tackles. Harold, I think you hit it. You answered your own question there. Maybe we should give you the five. No, it's, it's, it's health and rest is the force multiplier for the 49ers when they're healthy, when they're rested, that's when they turn into the team in football that nobody wants to play. So. It's good stuff. Um, they'll have more time to watch, uh, you know, with the uh, with the breaks. They'll have more time to watch Damon and I's YouTube channels. They're watching. Uh, ben Barch came up to me. I barely even know Ben Barch. He's like, "What's going on, Krug?" Like, uh, "Hey, man, what's up? What's up, man? What's going on?" Big fan of the channel. So there you go, Ben Barch, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Harold McAllister, Larry answered my super chat already. LOL. You lazy. You're lazy, you're lazy boy. I love you, boy, but you're fucking lazy. <laughs> the great Biller Bannock. That was his, that was his, uh, his opening line to me virtually every morning in training camp with the gold miners. I love you, boy, but you're fucking lazy. Yeah, you got here at 4.45 a.m. You, you got here at 7 and you think you're leaving at 7? I got here at 4 and I'm going to leave at 2. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, but you're 
your family's away from you right now and your best friend is Johnny Walker Black. Right. And and oh by the way, you're going to die young any day. <laughs> Guy puts hot sauce on his breakfast cereal. He's no longer with us sadly, but he was a good good man. Um here we go. Damon, Larry, who do you got in the college football playoff? I'm with you, Larry. Give me Alabama, Washington when it's all said and done. I think wa- I think the irony of this is going to be that Washington, I know people don't believe me, but I think Washington's going to win the whole damn thing. The why? Because champions. here's why. Michigan's better than Bama, but Bama, you give, um, you know, Bama's hot right now. Um, uh, Milrose playing great and you give Saban this much time and he's going to have his team ready to roll. So I like Bama, but that's when they have that much time. They, they're not going to have a ton of time for the Huskies. Um, and then the Huskies are, I think they're really well coached. I'm a big Penix fan. Uh, the Huskies to me have looked good all year. I, I think the Huskies are going to beat Texas. And then I think Washington, the Pac-12, in the final year of the Pac-12, is going to win the playoff legitimately. And there's going to be all this, what? The Pac-12 is going out with a bang, but with Washington winning the whole thing. I really think if you got all the powers that be in the room that voted for all the change and made all the change happen and the Pac-12 vanish, I think if we could get everybody in the room and say, you want to hit the reset button on all this shit, they'd do it. But they're too just far down that, the- get rid of the portal and get rid of all that. No, 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 no. The, the, the portal can exist, but the, the, it's it, created chaos in college football look, though. And, and it's ruined bowl season. I mean, half the reason why I'm not watching bowl games is because the teams aren't even report. The teams aren't even interested in playing in the bowl games. So I'm I not going to really, I know Seriously, you're, you're watching all these games and it's like, it's like the games without the stars. I mean, right. Florida state didn't even show at all in that Georgia game. I mean, they, they, they didn't even have anybody going in that game. I tuned in to watch Miami because Miami's got James Williams and uh, this awesome mother safety they have. And, and neither of those guys were going. I mean, I, I couldn't watch the Miami safeties in the Rutgers game. The Rutgers running back, though, by the way, Kyle um, Mon- guy, 25 carries, 163 yards and a touchdown. Junior there you go for, for the big Rutgers audiences that's for the, in here for the Rutgers fans out there the Rutgers crowd all seven of you um no I I really think that had Deion Sanders gotten to Colorado a year before he did the Pac-12 is still alive because the Pac-12 was blown up based on the fact it couldn't command ratings then Colorado turned into one of the highest rated teams in all of sports all year long even during their losing streak um, Colorado. But, you know, even though they couldn't attract ratings, Damon, the Pac-12 blew it when Larry Scott or Klivakov turned down ESPN. Yeah, I mean, ESPN was there, willing to give them X, and they wanted X times two, and instead they got their conference blown up. Greed and bad decisions, and then the Big Twelve coming in and saying, "Hey, we'll take that deal if they won't." Just totally, they, they in a game of musical chairs, they had nowhere to sit. Yeah. Um, by the way, 
I love college football. I don't really have a team that I'm like that super. I mean, I'm an A&M fan, but I really don't care. I watch college football more for the draft implications. Right. I, 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 I love college football and I went to Indiana, which means I don't even really have a team. But right. Well, but my, my point is this. It's just that I watch all of this college football. And the most ridiculous thing is that Georgia has the best players. They've been atop the the recruiting deal for years if they're not one they're two if they're not two they're three georgia has the best talent there's no doubt in my mind they got stars everywhere champions they just won 63 to 3 over florida state partially because florida state didn't show but there was a lot of people saying florida state should have been in the bowl game no the acc is not the sec the sec is semi-pro football and the fact that georgia lost to bama and they're out with the best players with a 13 and one record playing in the best conference and Texas is in and they lost to the Oklahoma Sooners, but they beat Alabama, but they they beat beat Alabama, but Oklahoma lost to Arizona in the bowl game. I mean, Arizona, you know I mean? I'm nothing against Arizona. there on the uptick, but come on. I mean, what's a worse loss, Georgia in a neutral site to Bama, by you know barely anything in the SEC championship game or Oklahoma beating you know Texas in the in the Red River shootout to me it's ridiculous that you're going to have a four team playoff the Georgia Bolt and not have Georgia Georgia would be favored against against every one of the remaining three teams that will play today um in the playoff it's just, it's it's garbage i mean you've got the best team in the best conference and they, they don't even make it to the playoff. I mean, I know next year they'll have the 12 team playoff and everything will be solved, but the Georgia had the best players and they played in the best conference and they had a 13 and one record. They should have been in the freaking playoffs and Texas should not have been. What sucks are all the half measures and baby steps they have to take to get to the 12 team playoff. I mean, that should have been decided Forget about years. This should have been decades ago. I mean, it, the the right way to do this has been in front of everyone for all these years. I remember the uh, the famous Mike Leach when he was still at Washington State press conference where he basically said, well, you know, how would we go about actually crowning a champion? You know, all we'd really need to do is see what Division Three does and just follow that model where they take teams and they actually play each other to decide on the field who the champion is going to be. Like, they have a, a, a robust, long playoffs that take a whole bunch of teams and whittle them down to their very best. Like, why don't we right. do that? You know, so. Well, because um, the, then the Fiesta Bowl wouldn't have a, you know, couldn't have a you know, couldn't basically give out a bunch of free trips and right. it's a big money grab. It's a big gravy train. It's a, you know, it's just, it's, it's the good, good old boys running college football, just loving getting, getting right. schmoozed by these bowl junkets. Like whoever is the governor of the Fiesta bowl, like that guy made $700,000 this year and he puts on one football game a year. You know what I mean? And, and and if you go then like these bowl places, I mean, I've met some of these people when I've been doing the Stanford pregame show uh, down on the farm. It's like, oh, you know, I'm Bob. I'm Bob Jones. Uh, here's my card. I here's my offices in San Diego. What do you do? I run the blankety blank bowl. OK, it's a one day a year thing. What do you do the rest of the year? It's like, 
I run the blankety blank bowl. Yeah, no, it's you know, full-time, it's like, full-time job. How? I mean, it's like how? I am the ex- I have an office in San Diego and I coordinate the insight.com bowl. It's like, oh man, must be must be nice. Must be nice. All right, we got this one from Alien D Gin. I'm more mad at Harbaugh for choking in the Super Bowl than Kyle's fourth quarter mojo. Yeah, I mean, I am too. Well, after watching the Super Bowl against the Ravens again. Larry, they got the one seed. No, 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 no looking backwards. I know, but I mean, watching that game, it's like Harbaugh, what the hell are you doing? Uh, Ben Jammin, bit late. He says, bit late to the topic, but earlier when you said tackling machines, uh, come from a from a double bye week. Not only that, but also forced fumbles like Warner did on, on the Cowboys. Those punch fumbles. Yeah, just anything that's high energy on defense, you're going to be better off after the rest. Everyone Jesse, likes a peanut punch. Yeah, Jesse, exactly. Jess, uh, peanut Tillman. Jesse F., uh, congrats on 15,000 and 32,000. Do you guys think Kyle Huschek, uh wheel route was a message to the team who think they can blitz corners and crowd the middle. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, Kyle is given everyone something to think about with every play that he runs. There's nothing happening willy nilly, you know? So yeah, there, 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 there is a little, if you think you can corner blitz our guy, we could hit you with this. And Lyle Bolliard with the final uh, super says, what are the odds of teams going to the super bowl from having a first round buy versus everybody else? I don't know that number offhand, but we yeah, don't have up. those numbers in front of me. I'll tell you that there is more often than not a wild card team reaching the Super Bowl. Just feels that way. I don't I, I don't know if it is that way, but it feels that way um, in, in the last few years. Um, it, it, you know, being the one seed might not be the advantage that it used to be, but I, I think it will turn into advantage for the 49ers based on what we know about them. Eric Armstead's recovery, Christian McCaffrey's calf. Um, I, I, it, it, they are to get a one seed is a luxury. The 49ers worked really hard to afford this luxury. Not only do they have the luxury of the one seed, they have the luxury of being able to fold up the tent and then essentially not even worry about the Rams in week 18. Um, you know, n- now look who's ever out there. Playing for the Niners, they're going to be playing to win. There's no doubt. I mean, when you're in a football game, all the circumstances that preceded or come after that game vanish for every single player on that field. And all you are is in that game and trying to win that game. But what a luxury that they don't have to have a single essential player to a Super Bowl equation play in that game if they don't want them to. So it's a beautiful it, spot. It's a beautiful it really spot is. to be in. Um, we are two hours into our live stream. Let's thank our sponsors, New York style, Italian sausage, pig and a pickle, Marin auto glass, underdog fantasy and mojo fantasy on my end. Damon, please thank your sponsors as only you can. First and foremost, if you're looking for a delicious sandwich, this new year's day, go to Ike's. Ike's has got the sandwich for you. If you're in the mood for a burger, let me tell you, my boys and uncle boys in the inner rich are a great place to stop. And if you have eaten so much that you now have arthritis in your knees because you're all fat and your joints don't work, Dr. Paul Hughes can take fat out of your body, inject it into your knees, and make your knees feel like they have entered a time machine. A orthopedic surgeon 
who doesn't want to do surgery on you. There is cellular replacement therapy. I've had it done to myself. Again, I would never endorse anything. I wouldn't use myself. My body's 48. My knee is 28. So thanks to Dr. Paul Hughes, you can go to orthopedicsurgeries.com. His offices are in San Mateo. He's really good at what he does. He has been the team doctor for the Cardinals, Rams, and Blues when he was in the Midwest and working in St. Louis. And now he's back out here in his home and uh, doing some unbelievable work. So consider it if you have uh, joint pain and all that stuff. Larry, Let me uh, also thank one sponsor that I turned down as a sponsor for the Krug show. Uh, there was a there was a guy, a doctor in the East Bay who contacted me and wanted to have a, um, a sponsorship on the show, and it just he wanted he wanted me to freeze my fat. He, there's like you can freeze. There's like a new thing where you can freeze the fat around your gut or whatever. And it somehow falls off. And I just, I couldn't do, I couldn't go there, Damon. I, I couldn't go to the freeze, the fat. I, I, I had to say to him, you know what? Uh, your money is not good here. I, I literally turned down a sponsor uh, because uh, he wanted to freeze the audience's fat and he wanted to use me as the Guinea pig. And I just couldn't do it. I just I just I had to say no. Just like Doc, have you ever done this before? Or am I seriously your guinea pig on this one? <laughs> He's done it before, and it's a legitimate process. But uh, it just I can't. I couldn't go there. I just couldn't go there. It just makes me too le- too much of a not of a regular guy. I'm a too regular of a guy to freeze my fat. I like. I, do- I, I don't know about you. I like my my body fat at room temperature, Larry. <laughs> exactly. Um, moral dilemma portion of the Damon and Larry extravaganza wake up with Damon and Larry. Um, of course we're with you every Monday and every Friday during the football season. And we've got a ton of people watching right now, but we've got to go with this one. This is the moral dilemma question of the week. And for this, we decided to share the screen and we've got a tweet from barstool. And this is the owner of the Carolina Panthers here. They were going to see David Tepper, David Tepper, everybody. And here is the great owner. There he is. Kind of, uh, he's he's not in the photo. He's not in the photo. He's not in the picture here. He's off to the right of the guy with his hands in his pockets. Here we go. Here is, and he threw a drink or part of a drink, maybe some ice at a fan. Here we go. There you go. With up, there you go. Up, there he is. He, we got the, and this guy right here is like mad about it. Here we go. We'll get another look at it. You'll see the owner quickly. They threw the cup down on the table. That guy's like, Hey man, listen, I watched you guys win one game this year. You're going to throw ice at me. Yeah. Billionaire or not. I'm going to whoop your ass. You throw a drink on me. Look at that. Okay. <laughs> one guy's about ready to jump into the booth. I would have I would have loved it if that fan actually had made it in there and just beat the ever living shit out of that guy. <laughs> it's a bad look. Having said bad, all that, having it's a bad that, look when you throw any any liquid right. at the at the fans. Moral dilemma. Uh, was the owner was David Tepper in the wrong here? Uh, was he in the right? Maybe the fan had said something. Is there anything that fan could have said or the fans could have said? Unless unless there was a straight up like, I hope your wife dies of cancer, you fucker. Like, and, uh, you know, it, 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 but even then, 
even then you just walk away because it, you ain't you're the billionaire you got more to lose than the guy who's barking at you or yelling at you um but everyone says that david tepper is a massive prick just a total asshole um uh, he's just lucky He's Frank lucky that continuing that throughout the entire year. He's like, man, working for this owner is an experience. And, you know, and then he got fired. Um, Technically, what David Tepper did there was exactly what the fan did that incited the malice at the palace. <laughs> I mean, right. I mean, basically, the the fan who incited the malice at the palace threw an ice cube uh, and some water at uh, Ben Wallace and Stack Jack. Right they went back. into the. When Ron Artest was laying on the scorer's table, he got hit in the head with a That's right. It was Ron Artest and Stack Jack, and they went into the crowd and started throwing them hands. Uh, David Tepper did not go into the crowd and throw hands, but he incited it, and the other guy was looking to jump into David's booth and maybe throw hands. Um, There you go. How would you respond if you had been standing there outside outside of David Tepper's booth and you got hit with a couple ice cubes and maybe a little bit of, a little bit of a, you know, maybe a um, Bombay tonic. You know, you get a little Bombay tonic and a couple ice cubes in your hoodie, um, and it's from Jed, and you're at the Niner game. What are you doing? I mean, what what can you do? It's I guess it's easy to throw things at people from the comfort of your own luxury box, right? Um, Where there's security, an exit hatch. I can tell elevators. you. If that if that happens, like in the stands, it's go time. It's 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 go time again. I I, I even I, with I, you got Jack there, you got Ozzy, you got no, the old no, lady, the no, whole deal. That, that's now you've just changed the equation greatly. Now Jack's gonna be scarred for life because somebody threw an ice cube at you, and Daddy decided to throw blows, and then all of a sudden somebody punch daddy and then kids are crying and wife's mad look i i completely believe that jillian would be on the side of it's go time my wife's got the squabbles in her she really she, yeah, no, awesome. yeah jillian used to play rugby dude she she's not fucking around <laughs> she, uh yeah so um there she's more of an athlete than i ever was so she, <laughs> jillian will bench press a car she's a badass um uh so yeah, I mean, I I would also like to think it's an important lesson to let your kids know that you know you got sometimes sometimes in life you just got to kick ass. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, dude. I mean, I, I'm not a big believer that violence doesn't solve anything. It solved World War II very well. Um, I, I think more violence needs to be uh, executed. Like when you see a violence parade, is the answer. Maybe you should get a T-shirt for the like the Damon when, Bruce Pluse. And on the back, you have violence is the answer. When you see a parade of Nazis walking down the street in like lacrosse, Wisconsin, I truly believe the proper response is for everybody in lacrosse, Wisconsin to pick up a baseball bat and just beat those parading Nazis and their masks about their head and faces. Like I just sometimes you do have to drop the fuck you on someone and nazis along with drink throwing billionaires are right at my top of no we shouldn't let that happen anywhere in american society i can't see jed doing that jed's a little bit more he's a little smoother than that i i I can't which owner in the bay area is most likely to throw a cup of ice and the remnants of a bombay tonic 
at a fan. Joe Lacob, Jed no. York, Charles Johnson, or Charles Johnson's kid. Neither. None of none of the above. John Fisher. John Fisher would have done that. Oh, no, I guess John Fisher would actually have to be at the game to do that. <laughs> yeah, John Fisher. John Fisher would not want to waste the drink. He'd be like, yeah, man, I, I need that money. Yeah. I, I, I here's the money. thing. There, there, there's no owner here in the Bay Area that would do that, right? There's no owner in the Bay Area who would do that. You got to be some sort of real, I, I don't, I, again, I don't know. What, what was said to David Tepper to make him do that? Because if that was just about what like, could have set off, Tep? what could have set off DT? <laughs> DT. <laughs> What's up with DT, man? Why is he acting like this? DT's normally pretty cool. I like the way he spun that cup down, too. It wasn't just he kind of he almost like he it was like, a, you know, like when you score a touchdown, you spin the football. Totally. He kind of he didn't just throw the cup down. He kind of spun it. He did. He did. You know, now now that I see the celebration, I'm totally on Team Tepper on this one. I got the whole thing wrong, Larry. I love the celebration. That fan probably had it coming. No, here's the thing. Be lit, be lit, which is a great moniker. Says I saw the shirt the other day, Damon, that said "Give violence a chance." Yeah, yeah. Look, look. I'm I'm a big believer that an ass whooping can keep you honest. Like the biggest problem with Draymond Green. Is that not a single dude has stepped up to him and just straight up gone about mopping up the gym with his ass? Draymond Green would be a totally different person if he'd been humble-pied with a pair of brass knuckles. I'm a big believer in an ass-kicking humbles you and keeps you honest. And um, had Jordan Poole, just absolutely like fired back and just giving Draymond like a straight up combo meal. A three piece, uh, as Tim Ryan would describe a three piece spicy. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. With, with uh, potato wedges on the side. Um, <laughs> get it yeah. at, get it at uh, pig in a pickle. That'll be the new one. Damon, let's go with the three piece spicy. I like three it. But I, 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 I uh, yeah, I think that bullies, the only way to deal with a bully is with another bully. Would Larry Bear pull that move? Would could you could you see him throwing ice in the remnants of a Bombay tonic at Giants fans? No. Larry, how come you hired Farhan? Ah. No. no. I, oh, I really? Bombay tonic. There you go. I don't see it. No, he's I, a little I, smooth. He's a little too. He'd be worried about you know some kind of legal ramifications. Right. No, it's, no, I, I, I don't see that happening in the Bay Area. I mean, again, look, I'd like to think we're a little bit more. There's a we're little beyond bit, that here. We're beyond more decorum here. out here. Yeah. I mean, it, and uh, and maybe that's the problem. Maybe we should throw fists more. I don't know. <laughs> Harold McAllister, drunk throwing rich guys or drink throwing rich guys. It would be a great show. Rich guys throwing drinks at people. At the at the fans who buy their tickets, <laughs> at the people at the people who pay the freight. These are the buy. These are my customers. Take that, peasants. <laughs> they have really, the remnants of my Bombay. There really is a a let them eat cake element to that, <laughs> isn't there? There really. I mean, that's ballsy when you win one game. I mean, if you're eight and eight or better, that's one thing. But you're one and sixteen. And you're throwing drinks. I think I would. I I think my 
when I, you know, I need Bryce Young to have a better touchdown interception ratio before I'm throwing drinks. Right. If you're going to hit me in the back of the head with the remaining slush of your ice cube, you bet you better have won at least four games. You you can't be can't be a one win team throwing drinks around the room. One more super here from Harold McAllister. Four Niners got bullied by three AFC North teams. Are they really a physical team? I think yeah. they are. I yeah. What, I mean, what are you watching? What are you watching? By the way, the AFC North might be the best division in football this year. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, it's it, the AFC North has been fantastic. Um, Somebody says DeBartolo would have thrown his drink. I don't think so. Eddie D, I doubt it. Eddie D would have. Eddie D would have bought that guy a drink. Oh yeah, and flown him to Hawaii. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie D would have said, "Hey, I know you think you're mad. I'm more mad. As mad as you are, I'm more mad." Eddie D. Eddie D was like the voice of the fan. The the reason Eddie D is so beloved is because his bottom line jived with the fans' bottom line. Eddie D lost $10 million one of the years in the 80s. The Niners won the Super Bowl. He didn't care. Didn't care. He didn't care. His bottom line was winning Super Bowls. Now you got the Giants, giant Charles Johnson's kid saying, hey, we got to break even. You got to break even. You bought the thing for $400 million. It's worth $4 billion. Right. You're saying you got to break even is the most moronic statement in the history of Bay Area sports ownership. Right. You, you, you literally, your dad owns Charles Schwab. (laughs) I mean, what are you You, talking about? You need to break even. If we went into your bank account and just started burning $100 bills, it would take several calendar years to burn all your hundred dollar bills. That's you have been paid back for your investment. You have been paid back tenfold. You, you own the, you, you're the recipient of the biggest real estate development project in the history of the city of San Francisco. Your great grandkids are, 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 you know, set for life. And, and you're worried about making a profit in 2024. We just need to make a profit. Why? Why? It's your birthright to make a profit in the present and the future. I mean, the arrogance of that statement is just was so off the charts. What's the point of being rich if you can't afford to lose money? These guys who used to own these teams used to be sportsmen. Now it's yeah. like, well, we're businessmen. No, no you're cheap asses is what yeah. you are. Yeah. Well, look, I think you, I don't know. Was I talking to you off the air about this, but talking about the radio stations in this town? The radio stations in this town aren't even in the business of broadcasting anymore. Both radio stations in this town are in the business of making sure some corporate accounting page comes out better than it might have as they go to file for bankruptcy anyways. Every single, both 95.7 The Game and KNBR aren't even radio stations trying to serve their listeners anymore. They are accountants trying to juggle and manipulate, uh, you know, the spreadsheets. That's all they are. This is, we have two companies dealing with spreadsheets. Owning a radio station has nothing to do with broadcasting, nothing to do with correct information, nothing to do with entertainment, nothing to do with serving a listener. It is serving a billionaire spreadsheet. That's all that's, that's all that's happening on either station. So um, welcome to YouTube. Larry and I are here to serve you. Thank you very much. Hit like and subscribe. There you go. Um, should we call it here? We're we're two hours and sixteen minutes into our live stream. Do you have more 
more topics that you'd like to hit? Do you want to be like Hacksaw Hamilton? Excellent topic, my friend. I'm glad you brought it up. Larry, I, I think we'd be off topic if we tried to say anything other than the 49ers are the one seed. Everything you, want, everything you wanted. How many people a week ago had just the sky falling and Purdy's not it and the Ravens exposed us and undressed us and we'll never win another game. Shanahan's not him. Purdy's not him. He's Nobody's not him. him. Everybody's not, not him. him. He's not him. She's not she. They're not <laughs> She's they. not she. They're not they. They are she. They, she is they. She is them. We are <laughs> we are the world. We are him. Him is he. Him is us. <laughs> we are them. We are them. Them be us. We be them. <laughs> We be them, we be him, him be us. <laughs> it's just fucking ridiculous. And the the the, the, the these Shanahan, Shanahan, Shanahan can't coach. A week later, they're the first Shanahan can't coach. A week later, they're the first team in NFL history. Freaking, it's all on Shanahan. Yeah. First team ever to have a running back, two wide receivers, and a tight end. Each have a 1,000 yards. Shanahan's not running the ball. Shanahan. He doesn't know how to run the ball anymore, Larry. He's late. Larry, he's lazy. Shanahan. He's fucking lazy. I love that Shanahan, but he's fucking lazy. Oh, my God. He Shanahan is not the guy. You want to rip Brock, but Brock's Brock's nearly the MVP. He can't rip Brock. It's like, oh, man. I got this YouTube channel and I wanted to park in the corner of Brock, Brock Purdy's ass should be fired. And uh, I can't, I'm losing subscribers and nobody's, well, nobody's buying my garbage. Uh, Shanahan. Look at on Shanahan. He's Larry. It, it, this team had Chip Kelly, it had Tom Sula. <laughs> it just, if they were seven and 7,000 or whatever the two years before Shanahan gets here. Shanahan. If 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 the Niners win the Super Bowl this year, <laughs> the day after, the day after they win the Super Bowl, if they do it, I want Shanahan to walk into his local DMV and change his name to Shanahim. <laughs> Seriously. Kyle Shanahim. He because, is him. Because if he won a Super Bowl, Shanahan would become Shanahan. He would be him at that point. You know what? You, you know what I was thinking? Because the, the the misery never, you know, loves to go on and on. So you can't rip Purdy. Okay, but right, but now, you know, then it was like Shanahan. Okay, so then now, you know, if Shanahan gets the Super Bowl, you won't be able to rip Shanahan. I can already see it. It was just a down year for the NFL. Right. No, they've already, and someone on here. Uh, the Niners, uh, it, it, yeah, they won the Super Bowl, yeah. and yeah, Purdy was really good, and yeah, Shanahan, yeah, they scored 42 in the Super But you know what? It was just a down year for the league. That's how the Niners did it. It's not, it's not even a real Super Bowl. It's a, you know, it was a down year. It was a down year for the NFL. It's not about Shanahan. It's a, he, Shanahan got lucky. It's just a down year. Yeah, uh, no, and, and, I, you know, I'm. I you think I push back on Dink and Dunk? I'm going to push back on. It's a down year for the NFL. 
in just the worst fucking way. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be crapping all over anybody who says it's a down year for the NFL. This guy in the chat says, and if they lose, Damon, well, you following along? If they lose, his name is still Shanahan. <laughs> if they win, he's Shanahan. I'll tell you what, wouldn't it be great if the Niners win the Super Bowl and then next year, week one, they come out and on the back of everyone's jersey on the nameplate, it just says him. <laughs> Everyone is a him. He is him. I hate oh, man. I hate that Robert, saying. Robert Baldocky. Larry Kruger wants to start drinking. Larry, I'm coming to the Bay in May. Sean right. Wilford. Larry is drunk. Larry was a little drunk last night, but I'm, I feel like I'm a... I'm, I've bounced back well. I really feel like I've bounced back well. Well, it's because you're him. I'm I'm him. I'm not they, but I am him. Um, and they are him. They are them. He they is are him, them. And we are us. <laughs> Daniel Shabazz. A lot of verbal maneuvering. A lot of verbal maneuvering. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. All I can tell you, Larry, is that, you know, I, I really wanted to go ahead and and see if the 49ers could 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 do it. And so I wrote down in an envelope, one seed. <laughs> and what do you know? <laughs> you know, you Damon, know? I realize you think you know a lot about the Big Ten. I've heard <laughs> you talking about Indiana. That's the thing about Trent Balky. If you're going to do a real good Trent Balky, you've got to overemphasize every pronunciation. You, you really love the Big Ten, Damon. But let me tell you this, my friend. J A.J. Jenkins, I had his name written down in an envelope. I had that envelope in the top desk drawer of in my office here in Santa Clara. And I'll tell you, when I looked at it this morning, I thought to myself, I haven't even told Jim we're drafting this bust. But you know what? I'm going to tell him right now. Jimmy, you got A.J. Jenkins. And you could, you got A.J. Jenkins as a bullet in your gun. Fire! <coughs> yeah, I, I, by the way, I love you. See, I wrote down in an envelope. It's actually an envelope, but, you know... He's not him, so he would Listen, know. listen, Mr. Radio Guy. You're going to have me on and ask me about my Thanksgiving side dishes. I knew it was a ploy then, and I know it's a ploy now. All right? And when I went on KMBR, I talked to this guy, the Razor. And let me say something, Damon. You're never going to be the Razor. Right. <laughs> See, Damon, I told, I told, I told Jet, I told Tom, I told, I told Tate, I told Craig. Craig, Craig gets so angry with the Giants, but I told Craig, you know, Damon's good. He's got, so he's got a nice little, uh, you know, little chat, little, little rap. He's got a nice, I don't rap, but you know, and he's got a little nice rap, and he goes back and forth. But he'll never be me. He thinks he's me. He'll never be me. He's not him. He's, he's definitely not him. How do you he's think definitely Ralph not him. He, and if he ever went to Amici's, he would not get the, the lemon pepper wings. And if he did, he wouldn't get the atomic. Because I know Damon, he doesn't like spice. He's a Midwestern guy. He doesn't like spice. <laughs> if he had been from Southern Cal or the East Coast, yeah. maybe maybe down in the bayou, he'd like spicy. He doesn't like spicy. He's from Indiana. Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks for watching. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Enjoy January 1st, all these bowl games and the one seed. Peace. <laughs>